good to be with you all this morning. My name is Andreas. I'm one of the pastors here at Vertical Church, and I have the privilege of overseeing Vertical Students, which is our student ministry. Yeah? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to Cedarville University at the end of the month with a group of high school students, so if you could be praying about that, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, but we have a lot going on here at Vertical. This past week, we had Kate's camp, okay? Yeah, that's all right. And I just want to give some shout-outs. A uh, shout-out to Nikki, who oversees the kids' ministry right now. She has put so much time and effort and work, that's all right, yep. into getting everything ready this past week. Jackie, um, Tabor, and Annalise, uh, all four of those uh, women did such a great job this week of putting everything together for kids' camp, and six individuals gave their lives to Christ. So we praise God for that. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. Well, the last three weeks, we've been in a series called Hashtag Struggles, and this week will be our last uh, message in this series, Hashtag Struggles. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that next week is Father's Day. It's coming. Isn't that crazy? It's Father's Day already? It's wild. So next week, you got to ride your manly ride, dudes, because guess what? Andy Whitten and myself are the judges, so you never know what could happen. I'll be, riding my wife, I'll be driving my wife's Toyota Corolla, so uh, hopefully I... I don't think I'm going to win anything for that, but uh, it's going to be an awesome time. So we want to encourage you. Uh, Pastor Rich will be giving a message about how we need to man up and we need to point our families towards Jesus Christ. Um, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Well, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity we got to see four individuals take a step of obedience and faith in you, Jesus, and go public with their faith in you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in and through Vertical Church. God, we realize it is not our own doing, but that it is all you. And for that, we praise you, God. We pray for this morning, God, that you would soften our hearts as we dive into your word. And we pray, God, that you would do amazing things. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I forget, I want to, incur- I want to let you know that Jackie and Nikki will be coming up after I'm done preaching this morning, and they're going to play a video, and then they're going to kind of let us know, hey, this is what happened this past week. I don't want to ruin it, because it's super easy to ruin, because uh, God did some amazing things, but I'll let them share with you. But I want to start off this morning, we're, we're going to be tackling what relationships should look like in a social media-driven world. Uh, but the first question I want to ask you is, have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt lonely? I remember the first time uh, my mom and dad dropped me off at college in Scranton, Pennsylvania at a Bible college, and I got out of the car, got into the dorm, my mom and dad left, my twin brother left, I started bawling. I automatically started bawling, right? I was like, what am I doing? Like, dudes in the room, I'm like, I don't know what, it just came over me. I just felt lonely, right? And I'll never forget this, this uh, one of my soon-to-be friends, his name was Josh, he came into the room, he said, man, are you okay? I said, I don't know, man, I just feel lonely. And the rest of that day, he spent the, the whole day with me. We went and we had lunch and we hung out and, and God provided in that manner. But guess what? We live in a world where people are lonely. So many of us were lonely. A recent study that I read showed that three in five Americans are lonely. That's over half of us in this room. We're lonely. The crazy thing is, younger generations are actually lonelier. Uh, Generation Z, I believe it said 70, 80%, 80% are lonely in Generation Z. For millennials, it's 70% feel lonely. The reality is we live in a world of loneliness, where loneliness is literally at an all-time high. 
It doesn't matter what age you are. It's going to hit you eventually. And I think one of the biggest factors to loneliness in our world today is social media. Social media plays a big role in this, I believe. Why? Because social media has changed the way that we look at relationships. It really has. And there's, again, social media is a good thing. God has used social media in ways to reach people with the gospel. I've heard amazing stories. But we also have to step back and look at it and ask ourselves, how has it affected us? How has it affected our relationships with people? And so I believe that social media has affected our relationships in three different ways. First, social media has redefined the word friend. Hasn't it? I mean, think about it. We, a friend used to be, hey, I used to have a friend across the street. We would hang out. We would go play hoops. We would go to the park and play baseball. Now we call a friend that we don't even know because we have 328 friends or whatever on Facebook. We call that person our friend. Are they really our friends? Or are we just trying to get more people to follow us or to have more friends on social media? The average American, uh, adult American has 338 Facebook friends, of which 28% of them are actually like, they actually know them to some extent. Isn't that crazy? 28% of them. In reality, in, uh, most adults in America only have two to three close friends. That's the world that we live in. Social media has redefined the term friend. Secondly, we love immediate affirmation, don't we? We love immediate affirmation. And, and I think that to some extent, those who created these different social media um, apps and whatnot, they knew this. Why? Because every time we get a like, we get excited. Right? Every time someone hearts our post, shares our post, comments on our post, we get excited. What's happening is the dopamine in our brains is being released. And we want more and more and more and more. And it affects our relationships with others. That's why sometimes when we post a photo and we get 50 likes, we get discouraged. Because we want 100 likes, so we post another photo. Or we'll delete a photo so that we, you know, it's crazy. It's because dopamine is being released into our brains. Lastly, we feel we can do friendship on our own terms. How many of us, it's so easy to follow someone and then unfollow or like something, or unlike something. Social media has really made it such that we can determine friendship on our own terms. So it comes to this question, how can we have meaningful relationships, relationships in a media-driven world? How can we have meaningful relationships? Well, thankfully, God's Word has a lot to say about relationships. Did you know that the Bible is a relational book? Why is it a relational book? Because it comes from a God who is relational. Isn't that amazing? That God wants to know each and every single one of us in here. He wants to have a relationship with each and every single one of us in here. Even though we are broken, frail individuals. And so the Bible has so much to say about relationships. But today I want to tackle three different passages. When we tackle each passage, we're going to find that there's a word. And each word is going to deal with uh, having meaningful relationships in a social media-driven world, okay? Our first wor word is this, loving. Be loving. Jesus had a lot to say in the New Testament and all throughout Scripture about loving others. This is what Jesus says about loving others. It's in John chapter 13, so if you have your Bibles open, turn to John chapter 13, and we're going to find out what Jesus says about loving others. John chapter 13 is one of the most uh, well-known chapters in the book of John. <clears throat> this is where Jesus addresses how we should love others. This is also where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Anybody ever washed anyone's feet in here? 
and you get kind of nasty, right? But what an act of love, right? And think about this. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Eventually, we know that Judas betrayed Jesus, and Jesus knew that was going to happen. Anyway, we know that Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He tells them that he will be betrayed, and ultimately, he gives them a new commandment. And so this is what we see in John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, just two verses. This is what we read. John 13, 34 to 35, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus is straightforward. He said, if you want to be my disciple, if if you want to be a follower of me, you need to love people. You need to love each other. This isn't a new command. We find in Exodus 20, in in the Ten Commandments, that we're called to love our neighbor and we're called to love God. What Jesus is doing, he's pointing out new ways that we should love people. First is this. Now, Now these individuals will have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can help us love others. How many of us struggle in this room to love others? I know I do. Everyone in this room should have their hand raised. It's tough to love people. Why? Because we are broken. We're messed up. We're in a broken world. It's tough to love people. But Jesus says we need to. That's a mark of a true follower of Jesus Christ is when we love people. Second is this. In the Ten Commandments, it says that you should love your neighbor. Jesus takes it a step further. He says, you should love your enemies too. Woo! Love your neighbor and love your... Whoa, Jesus! I can love my neighbor. I don't know about my enemies, right? This is what Jesus does in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, he takes the Ten Commandments and he takes them a step further, right? He says, if you look at a woman lustfully, you commit adultery. He says, if you have hate or anger in your heart for someone, you commit murder. He takes them a step further. He's exposing the human heart. And this is what Jesus does when he calls us to love people. He says, don't just love your neighbor. Love your enemies too. All, through, all throughout social media, we read different posts where people are just bashing on one another. Whether you're a believer or not, we see it. Believers do this too, unfortunately. We need to show love to others. We may, not dis- we may not agree with them, but we need to show love because love is a true mark of a believer of Jesus Christ. Jesus' goal in this, this passage is to bring clarity to what it means to love people. And I love how he, he, he shows us that in order to be a true disciple, a true follower of him, that we need to love people. And what is a disciple? What is a disciple? It's someone who follows Jesus Christ, plain and simple. And Jesus is saying, if you follow me, if you say that you follow me, you need to love people. The badge of a true disciple is not a cross hung around a neck or the clothes that we wear or even our theology, even though we need to have good theology, right? It's not the bumper stickers on our cars. You know, some of us, we have vertical bumper stickers and some of us, we shouldn't um, because of the way we drive, but... (laughs) Um, I told Pastor Rich that was a bad idea to get bumper stickers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. But some of us, you know, think about the way that we post things on social media. 
when we post things on social media, that it's great that we share verses. We should. We should post clips of people preaching. We should share things like that. But guess what? That doesn't, that doesn't in and of itself say that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. I had a friend in college at this Bible college that I attended in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, and man, this dude, he, when I first met him, he appeared to be sold out for Jesus Christ. Like, have you ever met a person, like, they, they can just recite, recite verses like this to you? Or, like, they know, like, every other theological term and the meaning, and they can explain it to you? Well, this guy, I, eventually, I grew in my friendship with him, and I started to realize, dude, you're not loving people, bro. Like, you have a, a lot of head knowledge, which is great, but right here in your heart, there's, there's a disconnect. He wasn't loving people, and I had conversations with him, and he started to realize that, but it was tough. Right, And that's a tough thing for me as a friend to confront him on those things, but that's what we're called to do as believers in Jesus Christ. But I'm sure every single one of us in here, we have met a person or know of a person who they have a whole lot of head knowledge, but they aren't living it out. They aren't genuinely loving people. And this is what the true badge of a disciple is. It's love. It's love for our neighbor, love for our enemies, and love for God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Above all, Love each other deeply, deeply, not, not in a shallow way, but deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Genuine love is not harding a post, sharing a post, commenting on a post. Genuine love is getting your hands dirty, right? The, ki- the kids um, have been collecting for um, a ministry that goes out and, and they, they show love to people by fixing uh, houses that have been destroyed by tornadoes and other things. That's love. Like you're sacrificially doing something to show people love. It's so easy for us to put, oh, happy birthday on someone's social media page and oh, never mind after that. But for us to actually love people, that's what we're called to do. Let me ask you guys a couple questions. First is this, is love at the center of your relationships? Is love at the center of your relationships? How have you shown love to those around you lately? It's tough. It's not easy. It's not easy sometimes to love people. And lastly, what is one way you can show love to someone in our social media-driven world today? This is our big idea for this morning. Don't let social media rob you of genuine, loving, and God-honoring relationships right underneath your nose. I'll say it again. Don't let social media rob you of genuine, loving, and God-honoring relationships right underneath your nose. If we were to look at your social media page today, would, would we think to ourselves, that person, they're loving. They care about other people. Or would we say to ourselves, they don't like people. They're mean. They're angry. And this leads us to our second word, be present. Present. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. In the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, um, the, the authorship is unknown. We're not quite sure who the author is, but he's writing to Jewish believers. And this person who's writing to Jewish believers, he wants to make it clear to them that Jesus is the greatest of all time. He is the goat, okay? That's what I like to call the book of Hebrews, Jesus is the goat, okay? That he is superior over everyone and over everything, And as we read in in the book of Hebrews, we find out that Jesus paid the price for our sin. That he has entered into the most holy place with his blood. That he paid the price for our sin so that now you and I can enter into the holy place. The curtain has been torn. We can have a relationship with God. 
That's what happens in Hebrews chapter 10 for the first 23 verses. Then he gets 24, verse 24 and verse 25. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Let us consider how we may stir one another on toward, toward what? Love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. In light of what Jesus has done, in light of the fact that he has made a way for us to enter into the holy place, to have a relationship with God, we are called to live in community. We're called to be present. It's so easy for us in a social media-driven world not to be present, right? I remember my wife and I, we went on our honeymoon down to Florida, and uh, I found myself, like, when we were eating, on my phone. My wife didn't like that. I wasn't necessarily present in that moment, right? She said, she's like, do you mind putting the phone down? I looked at her like, why? Oh, you're on your phone. I didn't even realize I was on my phone, right? Sometimes we don't even realize it. We need to be present. We need to be present with people. It's so easy for us to pick up our phone or be on our phones when we're around others that it can make the other person feel like they're not being loved or that they're not being cared for or cared about. We need to put our phones down, and we need to be present. And I think one of the areas that we see this in is in the church today. What a blessing it is that we get to gather as God's people in God's house, amen? Unfortunately, I think that uh, for a lot of us, it's super easy for us to miss a Sunday. It's extremely easy for us to miss a Sunday. And guess what? It shouldn't be. We We should be upset ourselves if we miss a Sunday, This passage is telling us that we should not forget to meet with one another. Because guess what? If we don't meet with one another, guess what sets in? Depression, doubt, and we become discouraged. So we need to gather as God's people in God's house. But what I think one of the things social media has done, and it's not just social media, other things in our world today, but we have have started with a consumer mindset. We come into church expecting things for ourselves. We don't start to ask the question, how can I be a blessing to someone else at church today? We come in and we, we think to ourselves, oh, I, if my favorite song isn't played today, that wasn't a great service, or I didn't really enjoy it. Or maybe if the sermon doesn't hit me the right way, eh, it was okay today. I just didn't find it all that enjoyable. That's a consumeristic mindset. We are called as God's people to come into God's house to what? First of all, we need to worship the Lord, obviously. But we need to love those around us. You know, I remember uh, serving at church in Ohio, and there was a man, his name was uh, Dan, an older gentleman, and this dude was awesome, okay? This dude was epic, okay? I love this dude. But every time he wasn't at church, I noticed. I noticed. Why? Because he made it a point every Sunday to, to come talk to me to encourage me. You know what? You know what started because of that? He started to take me to a, a restaurant once a month, and he started to pour into me. See, I think for some of us in this room, it be, can become, <coughs> excuse me, it can become so easy for us not to think about, oh, hey, yeah, this person wasn't here, or that person wasn't here, that we forget about them. We need to be present where we're at. Our presence matters. Your presence matters. Every time you come to church, your presence matters. Someone notices your smile. Someone notices the way you might hug them or the way that you come alongside them and encourage them. Your presence matters. 
I love what Pastor Dane Ortland says. He says this. He says, staying home to watch church is like staying home from a friend's wedding to watch the ceremony virtually and keeping your wedding gift with you. Your purpose and solidarity and love and hugs and eye contact and singing are needed. They're needed. It's not just about passively receiving something. It's about being the embodied part of the celebration. The whole event is diminished by your absence. I love this last line. He says, and you have a gift to give. Each and every single person in this room has a gift to give. Your presence matters way more than you think. Way more than you think. Do we realize that? It's so easy for us to stay home and watch live stream. I have nothing against live stream. I think live stream is great. I understand if people are on vacation or if someone's sick or someone's bedridden, etc. I understand that. But if you're missing a Sunday and you're not here in this place and you're just, you feel lazy? Or you feel like, oh, it's just whatever. There's something wrong there. We need to be here. This is what this passage is telling us in Hebrews. He says, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Don't let it become a habit, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This author's clear cut. He's like, you need to gather. You need to be with one another. And unfortunately, I think in our social media driven world, it's too easy for us to go on social media, on Facebook, and watch a service and say, I'm not going to church today. We need to be here. Every person matters in this place. Your presence matters. This is where we grow. This is where we encourage. This is where we spur on one another towards love and good deeds. So don't let social media rob you of genuine, loving, and God-honoring relationships right underneath your nose. This leads us to our third and final word for today. Be engaged. Engaged. We need to be engaged. It's not just the fact that we're present, right? Right? We need to be engaged. I remember when I was younger, uh, let's see here, I was, whew, I was 10. 10, it was 2007. Some of you are like, whoa, dude, that's wild. <laughs> I was 10 years old, and my friends got us tickets to go to the Pirates and San Francisco Giants game. And I was so excited, man. You know why? Barry Bonds was on the chase to break the home run record. Okay? And I was like, dude, we might see Bonds hit a couple home runs. We get to the stadium. I was that guy booing him. Ten-year-old me, I was booing Barry Bonds because it just came out that he took steroids. I felt bad about that. Anyway, <laughs> later on in that night, later on in that night, <coughs> Barry Bonds ends up hitting two home runs into the Allegheny River. Insane. I will never forget it. But here's the reality. There, there's a photo. This is when he broke the record. No, no photo. Listen. Jeez, man. All right. There's a photo of when Bonds broke the record. All right. He broke, he broke Hank Aaron's record of 756 home runs. And everyone's eyes are on the fact that he just hit this home run. They're all watching the ball. But then if you go back, fast forward 15 years, now we're in 2023 in February, what does LeBron James do? He breaks the scoring record. Do you know how many people were literally on their phones when he was breaking the scoring record? There's a photo. Everyone in this photo is on their phones for the most part. Besides the security guards. They weren't engaged. 
They were just on their phone trying to get videoed so they could send it to other people. In my opinion, they're not going to remember it as well as I would remember the fact that I literally watched Barry Bonds hit two dingers into the Allegheny River. Does that make sense? We need to be engaged. This is what our world has taught us. This is what social media has taught us. That we can just open up our phones at any any point and miss real life going on in front of us. That's messed up. We allow it to, I'm I'm at fault too. We've all done this. I remember my, my older brother he had, he was, uh, they were having a gender, gender reveal party, right? And what did I do? I'm on my phone trying to videotape everything happening. When in the moment, I should just be enjoying it, right? It becomes so easy for us. We need to be engaged. And, and this is what leads us to Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 10. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, um, actually, uh, later this month, um, Romans chapter 12 will be preached. But Romans chapter 12 talks about how we need to live out the gospel in our community, how we need to live out the gospel in our community. And, and most of us in this room, we probably know Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, where it talks about how we need to be transformed. But later on in the passage, Paul addresses how we need to love people. He says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. And honor one another <coughs> above yourselves. How many of us are devoted to one another? I'm talking about our friendships, our relationships we have here at church. How many of us are truly devoted to one another where we are engaged? Where yes, we're, we're a listening ear, we're, we're, we're sharing advice, we're confronting people in their sin, we're helping them if they need help at their house or whatever. How many of us are truly devoted to one another? It can become so easy in our world today not to be engaged to help people. We need to be engaged. I have a friend uh, in Pittsburgh. His name's Jay. He's my best friend from high school. We still talk all the time. And I'm thankful for that sense that we have telephones, right? But him and I, we have to work at our friendship because we're eight hours apart, right? We need to be engaged with one another so that we can keep our friendship going. If we don't continue to stay engaged and reach out to each other, what's going to happen to our friendship? It's going to die out. It's going to die out. And unfortunately, that's what's happening to so many relationships in our world today. How many of us, you know, we, we, we're on Facebook and we realize, oh, you know, I, I, I have this long-lost person I totally forgot about, right? You reach out to them, and you're just reaching out to them on social media, but you never get to see them in person. I mean, it's a blessing that we get to even know that they, they're still out there, Right? But we need to reach out to people. We need to be engaged. And this leads us to 1 John 3.18. It says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. It's the same idea that we learned last week. When Jesus shows compassion, there's always action that comes after it. When it comes to us loving people, being present with people, and being engaged, there needs to be action. There needs to be action. So let's get... Let's get practical with one another, all right? Let's get practical. Let's put boundaries in place. Set a limit to the amount of time you spend on social media. This is easier said than done. Uh, my wife has that, <coughs> that thing that comes up on her phone. It's like, you've gone 15 minutes over on social media. And then I'm on her phone, and then I click, oh, never mind that. And I keep scrolling, right? How many of us do that? Like, genuinely. How about we genuinely set boundaries where we only spend a certain amount of time on social media every day? Listen, 
The average person spends over two and a half hours on social media a day. A day. Let's set boundaries. Maybe it's 30 minutes. Maybe it's 25 minutes. Maybe it's only an hour. I don't know. But we need to set boundaries. Secondly, let's reach out. Let's reconnect with those old friends and the family members that you only engage with on social media. Maybe instead of engaging them on social media, you actually call them. And you have a conversation with them. Maybe you drive out to where they are, or they drive out to where you are, you meet in the middle. Reconnect those relationships. Reach out to people maybe you haven't talked to in a long time. Because you never know, they might feel lonely. They might feel lonely in a world where more than half of us feel lonely. Lastly, join. Become a partner here at Vertical Church. Become a partner. Some of us in this room, we're sitting here, maybe you've been coming to Vertical Church for five years, ten years, I don't know, a long time, but you've never become a partner. You've never said, you know what? Yes, I believe in this church, but I've never really signed on. Like, I've never been like, all right, I'm in. Does that make sense? We need to join. We need to become partners here. Why? Because we are a team. We're helping each other grow. We're spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. So I want to encourage you, maybe you're not a partner, become a partner here at Vertical Church because your presence matters. Also, join a small group. Maybe you do feel lonely. Maybe you feel like you're lacking relationships. Join a small group. When my wife and I got here, we don't have any family in the area. We didn't didn't know anyone. But what helps with that? A small group. A small group helps with that. We were able to build relationships with people. So maybe you need to join a small group. What, What does Rich always say in our core values? Life is better connected. Life is better connected. And that's the truth. So we need to be loving, we need to be present, and we need to be engaged in order to have Christ-centered relationships in a social media-driven world. So imagine if our relationships could look different if we were loving and present and engaged. Imagine if we could put our phones down and listen to what others had to say. Imagine if we lived lives that were Christ-centered instead of social media-centered. What could happen? I think some pretty amazing things could happen. This morning, I'm going to close in prayer, but Prior to me closing in prayer, I want to encourage you with two things. First is this. We have the Crazy Faith series coming up. And we put together all these invite cards. And so as you exit today, there are going to be invite cards. I encourage you to take them and invite people to this Crazy Faith series. It is going to be awesome. Because guess what? During the summer, it's super easy for us to miss church, isn't it? We need to be here. Why? Because each person's presence matters. Secondly, we're going to play a kid's video, uh, recapping the whole kid's camp, okay? And once the video is done, uh, Nikki and Jackie are going to come up, and they're going to share about all the amazing things God did this past week. All right, so I want, as they come up, I want you to give them a round of applause, because they've worked so much this, this past week, even prior months. They did a fantastic job, all right? So let's come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for your word, and Lord... I pray for each of us in this room, God, that we would have genuine, loving, and God-honoring relationships, Father. We know that there's so many potential relationships that are right underneath our nose, but God, it's so easy for us in this world to become distracted. I pray, God, that, that we would love others, that we would be present, and that we would be engaged. God, we love you, and we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word and the fact that your word covers a multitude of things. And that we can grow and mature in our faith in you because of it. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus Christ, for his death, burial, 
and resurrection. Your son's name, amen.